Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Or the Discord. We also have a Discord where we do regular listen parties at 7 p.m. Eastern on Sunday nights. Yes. Before we get into the show, this is the trigger warning. We're going to be talking about horror culture and horror topics, which could involve sensitive subjects such as child abuse, rape, murder. There will be F-bombs. F-bombs are allowed past this point, so you can fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck away and <sighs> say fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but with that out of the way, today we have with us Mr. Jose Prendez, writer, producer, and director, best known for such works as Blood Brothers, Headless Horseman, and The Haunting of Whaley House. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on. Uh, I'm honored. I, I always uh, get a kick out of uh, uh, talking movies with like-minded individuals. So thank you so mm. much for including me in the uh, menagerie of guests here. Our yes. pleasure. I hate to admit this because I normally write down uh, a note about who, like if we get introduced to somebody or suggested, I normally make a note to write them down and either I'd fail to do so or Maybe I deleted the the document improperly or something like that, but somebody did recommend you, and I just can't remember who. That's great. Yeah, I know, right? Before we uh, kick it off, uh, do you want to share anything that you're currently working on? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, 2023 is going to be incredibly busy. I've got uh, potentially three movies in the pipeline, uh, okay. with uh, two with green lights, one with a potential green light uh, in my God, a handful of weeks, I'm going to be making uh, a movie for Full Moon Studios, uh, which nice. uh, we'll discuss when we get into my backstory, but Full Moon means a lot to me. So I'll be making uh, the next installment in the Puppet Master franchise. Uh, we're oh, shooting that awesome. early May. And then in June, I'll be shooting a uh, demonic possession movie. Um, and uh, and then the, the third one I can't talk about because it's, it's not really you know, a done deal yet, but, uh, yeah, this is probably my busiest year when it comes to filmmaking. Cool. Yeah. Well, congrats. Thank yeah, you. Congrats on that full moons. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's start with childhood. What are some of your earliest memories of scary things? Well, I had a weird, uh, childhood. It's certainly not an ideal one. Um, I'm sure everyone, you know, would say that, but, uh, when I was five years old, I lost both my parents and, Oh, you know, uh, being being orphaned is never a good thing. Uh, and having it happen at such a young age when, you know, things aren't 100% formed in your mind and your your emotional connections to the world aren't really there yet uh, was difficult. Um, uh, and I was set adrift in a way, uh, at least I, that's how I like to put it. I was luckily taken in by godparents who, who I now consider my mother and father. They're still with me and I, I love them dearly. But it, it was one of those things where I was an only child, you know, I was orphaned. I was brought into this family who they were loving and supporting to me, but I always felt like the other. I always felt like my godparents were older, you know, so they were, you know, they were already, you know, past their 50s when they took me in. So I, you know, they had kids of their own who had, who had been grown at that point. So I was sort of this, you know, last minute addition to the family. and. Early on, you I had to sort of take care of myself. Or I had to kind of figure my own my own shit out in a way. And I found movies, and I found books, and I found this magical world where anything and everything is possible. 
and I remember the one of the memories I have with uh, with my father when he was still alive was we went to see Superman two, and I I think I was more blown away by how the audience reacted to the movie than I mean I love the movie, but it, it, I was so swept away by the magic of it. Everybody clapping and cheering, and it just felt like this beautiful communal experience. And I think even I don't know, it must have been four or something. I knew it was like, wow, movies. Uh, what is this? What is this magic that, uh, you know, like Harry Potter getting the letter? Like, what is this Hogwarts kind of place? <laughs> and, you know, uh, early on, I go, I, I, I know I wanted to do movies. I wanted to be an actor at first. But the more I got into learning about movies and seeing movies, and, and again, uh, I, the, my first mention of Full Moon renting a full moon movie they were the first people to do behind the scenes you know they had this thing called video zone at the end of their vhs tapes and you got to see them making a movie and it looks so goddamn fun uh, i was like fuck man the real powers behind the scenes being the director being the writer that's what i want to do so through tragedy i found i found my calling and i've never abandoned it since even though it's been incredibly difficult Honestly, it's one of those things where people say, hey, should I get into art? You know, should, should I get into filmmaking? It's one of those things that if you have to ask, then no. It, you, have, you feel it. You can't do anything. There's nothing I would rather do. There's nothing I can't, I can't do. I'm terrible at math. My wife is the math person in the house. You know, so <laughs> it's the only thing I, I, I ever want to do is related to movies. And I've dedicated my soul to it. Off topic, but I've always loved the phrase, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who can't do math and those who take care of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. yep, very true, very true. So glad that, that you have somebody who can help you with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, these full moon video zone uh, videos that you were watching, do you remember what some of the early ones were that you were renting? Absolutely. The first one I rented was a little movie called Transfers 2, which, you know, in retrospect, it's not a great movie. And I, when I tell people that Transfers 2 is the reason I make movies, uh, they, <laughs> you know, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've said this to Charlie Band and he's like, Transfers 2? Uh, <laughs> you know, and he directed, that's his movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, he's like, really, that one? Did, yeah. did I tell you what not to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it, it, there was something about that movie. Like, it, it, it wasn't necessarily the plot, but it was a combination. And again, this is what movie magic is all about. It's the combination of, of elements, the cast. You know, the way it's put together, the music, the pacing, all these little beautiful little elements, just the way a, a character delivers a, a line that maybe somebody else would butcher, but the way this person said it is magic. That movie has all those little elements. Then on top of that, it was the first behind the scenes I really ever saw. And it looked like so much fun. They were all laughing and, 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 and you know, just having the, like, the most amazing time creating this, this wonderful little movie. And it just, it spoke to me. I was like, man, I want to be a part of it. That looks so, you know, so great. So yeah, Transfers 2 is the first one. And then basically everything else they put out had behind the scenes. And I would watch them religiously and I became addicted to Full Moon. So that right now, being able to make a Full Moon movie, ah, it's like coming full circle, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a childhood dream come true. Yeah. yeah literally. And it was childhood at this point, right? Still? Yes, yes. So Superman two transfers to do you, do you have a thing for sequels? You know, I I I actually it's it's interesting. Um, I I kind of do, 
But I think that's just the nature of the beast, especially when we're talking uh, horror movies. I think, you know, for the most part, obviously the originals are, are uh, sacrosanct, but sometimes the sequels could be just as good or even better or more rewarding. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not one of those people that is against the sequel, but I think at some point you kind of have to let the story die. And, and I do think sometimes the sequel will kind of like kill a thing. I mean, look at a, a season of television, you know, yeah, great first two seasons, but then almost every show will inevitably fall into garbage uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I was going to say that eighth season, but yeah. Right. You know, yeah. so it's like at some point you have to find, look, things are fine. Stories are finite. They're, they're not supposed to go on forever. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm very scared for Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it's 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 the nature of the business. If it's, if it's successful, the sequel will come out. But I, I, I'm not necessarily a hater, but I do believe stories are should be allowed to 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 die you know Uh, hopefully in triumph yes yeah so as a child did you participate in halloween at all oh my god yeah it's uh it's still my favorite holiday uh it's it i I love it so much it's you know like i said i embraced horror because uh, you know having death be such a part of your life at a young age Mm -hmm. it's you know, and I don't. I want to get morose here, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I do think kind of morbidly at times, and I do, I do consider things. You know, I, I, I spoke about the finiteness of stories. And life is finite, you know, and I, I, I worry about death, and that's 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 something I think about quite often. You know, I'm a father, and I worry like one day I won't be here for them, and you know, or potentially, you know, tragically they may not be here for me. So. Mm. I think about that, and that that's definitely something that fuels me. But Halloween and horror movies allows people to have power over that, over that fear of death, the fear of the dark, which you know maybe for the rest of the year we can be you know we can be scared of the dark and we sleep with all the lights on. But for Halloween, we have the power. You know, in a movie, what makes horror movies I think so satisfying and so popular uh, is the fact that even though these characters are facing these overwhelming odds uh there will be a hero there is a final girl there is a final boy and and it's it's that that um triumph it's the it's rocky it's rocky for horror movie it, it, horror is basically it's a triumphant journey from the bottom to the top and no no matter what the circumstances are the hero will most likely survive and then if you're talking about horror icons then it's you go you get into a whole different realm where it's like it's okay that Jason's still alive you know it's okay that that Freddy's gonna keep coming back it's okay that Chucky's coming back because now it's the Frankenstein thing where we love them we care about them we we want it we want to have plushies of them we want to have posters and little toys because now we've embraced them as totems for fear and they're not scary anymore now they're now they're our buddies. You know, now we can have a, I have a little Jason plushie that like he dances around to, to thriller, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like having that, you know, power over the enemy is what makes horror, I think, such a powerful uh, art form. And Halloween is just a sort of a, a, an embodiment of it. Everybody gets to not be afraid. Everybody gets to face their fears. Everybody gets to you know, go out and be the scary thing 
and you get fucking candy for it. That's amazing. That, you know, that's, that's a, what, what a wonderful thing it's. Uh, and I think uh, there, there's so much power in that holiday. And I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily notice that, but I, I certainly as at an early age, absolutely embraced it. And uh, as a father, you know, my kids are huge Halloween geeks. We decorate the house every year, all that stuff. So yeah, as a kid, Halloween and me, you know, we, we, uh, I wanted to extend it as far as I could, you know, <laughs> I wanted to have Halloween every day if possible. And I guess if you watch a horror movie every day, then you can, you can have a little bit of that Halloween magic. Did That's you cool, have a yeah. favorite costume when you were a kid? Yeah. Superman. I was, I was Superman yeah. quite a bit. Awesome. How about a least favorite costume? I, you know, if it's least favorite, I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think valid point. Right. I think I think at one point uh, uh, there's a picture of me wearing a Mighty Mouse costume. I don't know if you guys remember Mighty Mouse, but he was basically oh, yeah. he was basically Superman as a mouse. And uh, yeah, maybe I was like, yeah, maybe we we'll just do Superman again. I don't know if I need to be the mouse version, but. <laughs> <laughs> here i come to save the day yeah um, there you go yeah uh did you have any scary dreams when you're a kid maybe recurring dreams uh yeah i, I no, and again I, I i don't know how much this is in terms of remembering remembering it as a child but i think um being an orphan my biggest fear was abandonment i mean i guess mm. it, which makes sense and uh, i would have a lot of dreams about you know um being left alone or being ignored i think ignore being ignored was sort of a fear in general because i i, mm. I always felt like the outsider and i think again that's why horror speaks to me but yeah i guess i, I not, nothing specifically that comes to mind like oh this one time you know I, I yeah whatever i don't really have any specifics to draw from but uh, certainly a lot of fear you know a lot of dreams about being abandoned or being forgotten or you know people that I, I thought loved me kind of turning their back on me. And I think that's, that's continued throughout my life. I think that that's mm -hmm. certainly, you know, the imposter syndrome. I think that's certainly fed into my dreams. Okay. Uh, not every question is going to hit. We ask some of them just because you never know what's going to come up. Mm -hmm. Obviously some of the stuff we've already talked about could lead into this next one. But um, was there ever a time when you were actually terrified of something in real life as a child? That's it's uh, an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Honestly, I think probably if I were to look at it objectively, I was probably terrified of losing my godparents. Like if I, my parents had just passed away, and what if they go? Where do, you know what? What happens yeah. to me? Where do I go? So I think I never, never had nightmares in the sense of like Freddy Krueger or you know horror movies and things like that. Uh, so I think. So I wasn't necessarily terrified of scary movies. To me, they were always comforting. To me, they were, they were always, uh, you know, sort of this lovely escape from the world. Because other people, I think mainly because I, 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 my family's Cuban and I grew up in a, you know, very strict Catholic family. And to them, scary movies are like, ooh, scary movies. Or you can't, oh, you know, you can't watch scary mm -hmm. movies. It's gonna mess you up. So I mm -hmm. kind of felt like, like, ha ha ha. They don't affect me. You weaklings, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I felt like, so I they never really, I, I was never worried about horror as a, you know, in terms of a source of nightmares. It was more of a, the reality of the world and, and you know, fear of death and things like that. I, I think that's probably where I would lean when it comes to uh, true childhood fears. Okay. The reason that I said that is because 
uh, you know, we hadn't talked about it much yet at this point. And for all I knew, maybe you were with your parents when you lost them. And that could have been some pretty terrifying shit. Um, sounds like that was not the case, which is probably a good thing. Yes. Uh, all things considered. Flipping the question around, was there ever a time in your childhood when you felt, felt completely calm or safe or at bliss? You know, <laughs> it sounds like a broken record, but, uh, you know, watching, watching horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What, just watching scary movies. I just, I, I, I really liked it. I, I really, you know, I, and it's funny because you think, oh man, people who watch scary movies are probably really weird. But if you go to a horror convention, some of the nicest people in the world, you know, are horror fans or, or even the horror actors, just the most mm-hmm. gentle people on earth. And I think sure. it's because we we know it's pretend. We know we know it's make believe and that it's fun and that it's safe. So yeah, that that's that's my short answer is movies. <laughs> okay. Do you remember any other horror movies that really spoke to you in your childhood? I, I grew up I, I grew up in the 80s, man. I'm 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 a child of the 80s and to me the 80s was a fucking golden age of cinema. Goonies. Mm-hmm. Uh gosh, uh all the uh, Lost Boys uh, the Child's Play franchise is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I think a perfect combination of childhood fears and a just a phenomenal main villain. Uh, so, I, I mean, yeah, the Child's Play franchise, Monster Squad is another huge movie for me. Mm. One that I watched, I mean, I've probably seen that over a, a hundred times. And it, it left such an indel- it is one of those movies where, uh, you know, it, in later life, I got to meet the director and he's like, yeah, the movie was a bomb. It, it did not do <laughs> well. And it's so crushing to hear because I just think it's a perfect movie. But at the time, I guess it, he was saying people didn't know if it was for kids or for adults, which is fucking well, bullshit. I mean, I think it's for everybody, but whatever. Yeah. I love that movie to death. And that movie again is a template of like what a movie should have. It should have real stakes, real characters, a real connection, real friendships between these people that are facing these obstacles and, and, and practical effects. I mean, uh, nowadays practical effects are few and far between, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I, I, if, if I were to pick another movie that a hundred percent exemplifies my childhood growing up, monster squad that's that to me i think is is a pretty perfect film i mean now looking back at it if i put on my filmmaker hat just a lot of weird things like why does dracula have a car but whatever <laughs> yeah. it's modern I, dracula yeah yeah modern I, I, for that time anyway right right so i you know i just kind of like try to shut that part off in my brain when i watch it nowadays but at the time it was a masterful, a masterful movie, um, and 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 really just kind of like, oh god, I want to do this. And Lost Boys, I mean, the, the Frog Brothers, you know, it, it was mm-hmm. during the uh, the the Coruscants, you know, they were in almost every other movie, and uh, Coruscants, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were in every other movie. Like, oh shit, all the oh man, dream a little dream, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, gosh, I just want to be a part of it. I wanted it so bad in my bones, and. Mm-hmm. Um, is, uh, I, I was aching to be a part of it. And, you know, being in, uh, I grew up in Miami, you know, again, in, in a predominantly Spanish household, it wasn't a thing where like, you know, I wasn't necessarily going to be set up for it. I had to do it no matter what. And so I had to force myself to, to find a way to break out of it. But yeah, the eighties was a big time for me. Pretty much everything that came out of the eighties. I'm a big fan of. I still, to, to my mind, I, it's the one decade 
that has aged well to the point that it's coming back. Uh, yeah. You know, the yeah. 90s, I think, hasn't aged well, but we'll get to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the Monster Squad for a minute, because you were talking about high stakes and friendship. At least I, that's what I thought I heard. Yeah. But when you talk about it being like so important to your to your development, I I guess maybe I'm seeing like a connection between the friendships and you know, sort of the the flip side of the coin of, you know, always feeling like you were quote unquote the other. Like so you'd have like this like fears and desires often come in matching pairs. So like if you have a con- concern about feeling like an outcast, then you would maybe desire to be part of a group. Do you think it's that or do you think there was something else beside that? No, I mean I think that's accurate for almost the entire run of the eighties. Look at the Goonies; they were all they were all kind of outsider kids. The the Lost mm. Boys. I mean, not I mean they're the vampires, but the Frog Brothers and uh, and and blanking on his name, but Corey Haim's character, like they you know they were the outsiders, they were the weirdos. So and the Monster Squad, you know, they were all just you know friends who liked scary stuff and and weren't bothered by horror movies. You know, the Monster Squad begins. We meet our heroes. They're, they're being dressed down by the principal. And the principal's like, you can't draw, you know, spiders with human heads in class. And these kids are like, it's fun. It's cool. And it's like, oh, that speaks <laughs> to me. That's, that's what I do with my friends. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. You know, I think, and I think that's what horror does. It, 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 horror builds that community with, with other like-minded um, others, uh, other like-minded outsiders who, who band together and, you know, together mm-hmm. we are strong. And I, and I, there's no other real, there's no other genre that has that community. Like you don't see, action movie conventions or comedy conventions you know that not uh, rom-com conventions no no they haven't they haven't <laughs> made those yet but you know you see sci-fi and you see horror because those are the two that like the outsiders can come together and the outsiders get to you know get to be a part of the magic get to create their own worlds and that's i mean that's beautiful so growing up in the 80s is i think you know it was a magical time because it really set that community in motion i guess because mm-hmm. that's when conventions really started you know like it, late 70s into the 80s oh, yeah. is when the convention culture started because the fans were like oh oh shit there's other weirdos out there who like this stuff who who laugh at people being killed in slasher movies instead of like oh my god what's ha- this is horrifying mm. you know we don't close our eyes we rewind you know <laughs> we zoom in yeah intense. exactly <laughs> I'll just say that that principal is very lucky that he didn't have Chris in that group because Chris would have just been like, you don't like me drawing that? Fine, I'll draw dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. It would have been teeth and eyeballs. Just <laughs> mass amounts of chaotic masses of teeth and eyeballs. Oh, Jesus. There you go. And dicks. That was my friend John. He drew dicks all over everything. Including balls. It's funny you did bring up the uh, the spider thing, too, because one thing that I just kept thinking as you were describing this is it, it's like the contrast I hear about with uh, DC characters versus Marvel characters. Like most DC characters are perfect, iconic beings that people should aspire to be like. And, you know, they they had like some background where they were raised by a distant alien race like Superman. But then with Marvel, you have characters like like Peter Parker and Spider-Man and there's Imperfect. like several books on the topic, but uh, most DC characters are iconic and to be looked up to, whereas most Marvel characters are flawed and uh, almost normal teenagers that have something happen to them and how they still have to deal with the day to day life of being the outsider and being the, the nerd kid that no one likes. But then they're given this 
this out, this way to fix it in the fact that they now have superpowers. So mm. yeah, it's kind of like uh, a lot of the 80s movies pandered the same way to the same demographic of people that are considered abnormal or weird or outsiders and uh, a story where you have a group of them come together as friends. Yeah, uh, it's you know it's interesting. Uh, my daughter's a big Marvel person. I'm I'm a I'm a DC guy. I even have a Superman tattoo. And nice. when, I like them both, for the record. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, so when I when people ask, me, well, what do you like about Superman? He's so boring. I mean, honestly, I think it's as simple as the fact that well, he's an orphan. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can see. I can relate. I completely to forgot about that until you yeah. mentioned that. Uh, Superman is an orphan and he's got all this, you know, incredible power, but honestly he's doing it because he wants to prove himself to the world. He goes, Hey, I I know I'm not from here, but I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to do my best to, you know, to save my adopted home. And I, you know, it maybe it's as simple as that. And, and Batman, Batman's an orphan. Uh, so while they, they, while Superman looks like, you know the ideal he's he's a broken individual who is you know dealing with a lot of trauma and and the best thing he can do is save others with with the hope that you know um he can sort of like mm, you know not necessarily redeem himself but certainly uh um, earn his place in the world and i think that's that's Mm -hmm. that spoke to me quite a bit i mean he wants to save others from his own pain yeah yeah Matter of fact, I even think he said that about one of the Robins that uh, he took him, quote unquote, under his wing, uh, not to train him to become another Batman, but to keep him from becoming another Batman. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. A lot of our guests have reported there being a dividing line where prior to this whatever event, uh, they were afraid of horror. And then after whatever event, they started to see the entertainment value of it. And yet all the things that we've listed here, Goonies, Lost Boys, mainly Chucky and Monster Squad, like these are all um, seem to be enjoyable things for you. You haven't talked about there being anything that was like, no, this is just straight up terrifying to me. Was there something predating these things that you found pleasure in that scared you? Or was it just always pleasure? Oh, I, I've never found sc- uh, scary movies scary, but there is one movie that really freaked me out. And it's only because it was based on a true story. Um, uh, another thing that I really loved, I guess, just as a side effect of being into horror movies and, and wanting there to be, you know, magic and, and, you know, real myth in the world is I'm a big fan of the paranormal. And uh, I'm actually, and we'll touch on it later probably, but I'm, I'm an amateur ghost hunter. Um, and I, I've, I've studied this, you know, for decades now and, and I'm really big into, you know, cryptozoology and Bigfoot and, um, uh, and UFOs and ufology. And there was a movie that came out, I think it was the eighties called communion, uh, with Christopher Walken. This movie freaked me the shit out. Uh, and it's, it's the one movie I want when, when I tell, when people ask me, what's the scariest movie you ever seen? I go, it's communion with Christopher Walken because it's, it's, uh, the true life story of a guy named Whitley Strieber, uh, who's actually a famous novelist. And then this happened to him. And then, so he wrote more and they started writing novels about, or, uh, nonfiction books about it. Um, he's a novelist in New York who is abducted by aliens. And the movie is so 
frightening. There's one moment that even now I, I feel like getting goosebumps just thinking about the scene. He's laying in bed and um the his uh he's kind of sitting up in bed and his his bedroom door creaks open and you don't see anything behind the door and and Christopher Walken's like who's there come on out who's there I, I I hear you what's behind the door uh I paraphrase but that's basically what he says and then this absolutely terrifying alien face peeks out around the corner and I remember my blood ran cold and i'm watching this getting chills now just in the description of this I've, I've known of this movie for a while but never seen it but like was there also because i'm assuming this is pre uh jump scare era no stinger or jump scare just a slow creep alien head creeps around the door oh like, you gotta watch ah, it it's not human yeah no you gotta watch this thing it, it just came out on blu-ray by the way um uh, so yes. good uh yeah slow creep kind of a drone in the music so it's just like oh and then this thing kind of like slowly creeps out and it's like the you know traditional kind of you know gray alien it's kind of beige but you know that kind of mm. big eyes kind of alien and I, I'm sitting, uh, I'm, I'm watching it on HBO in, uh, in my parents' bed. The lights are off, and I look over at the bedroom door, and it's and it's halfway oh. creaked open. I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck! <laughs> I would, I don't know. That moment has stayed with me, and it's one of the and 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 to this day, I I, I always want to do something like that. I've never been able to in one of my movies to have a moment of pure terror like that, where it's not like oh jump scare, bloody guy hiding in the closet or whatever. It's just this slow reveal of this absolutely inhuman creature that you have no idea why it's there or what it's going to do and that movie absolutely terrified me that's the one movie that 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 really literally uh um, i i actually i don't have any memories of if it moved me to tears but i wouldn't be surprised if if it if i was if i was moved to tears by how terrified i was at that moment yeah, that movie. That movie's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's come up on at least one of our other calls, but I can't remember who brought it up. Well, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Do you remember how old you were when you saw that? I don't. I, I I'm bad with dates and ages, but it's. I, I would imagine a teenager. You know, okay. maybe fourteen. I don't know. All right. You mentioned you know being interested in the paranormal and amateur ghost hunter, uh, and you live in. I think he also lives in California. Are, are, yes. Do you know who Steve Barton is? I do know Steve. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because I think he also uh, was big into the paranormal and has also done ghost hunting. Yeah, I've actually gone ghost hunting with him. I took him on a haunted, <laughs> a haunted hike one night. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Funny. Uh, let's see. I wonder if he was the one that suggested you. <laughs> might have been. Might've you might have mentioned that hike. Yeah. Now that I think of it. Uh, let's see. Okay, so I think that covered everything in childhood years. Let's jump down to the teenage years. You did mention communion. Was there anything else that really stood out to you in your teenage years in terms of horror? Books, movies, TV shows, whatever. You know, I I, I read a lot. I was very shy. I still am for the most part. And I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't one of those kids who like, I was obviously super into girls, but like, uh, I'm not going to talk to a girl. They're, they're going to like laugh at me. So I spent my days, you know, working on learning how to script read or script write. I should say, I read a lot of script writing books and I, I wrote novels and I read a lot. Dean Koontz, uh, Stephen King, it was, that, that was my Stephen King, Dean Koontz phase. So I read pretty much everything they put out. I think I, I prefer Dean Koontz over Stephen King, but Stephen King's certainly the one that got more famous. 
but in, ter- in terms of books, I think Dean Kuntz really had really had more muscular stories. I think Stephen King just kind of took too long to get to the point, but that's- <laughs> yeah. they're always a bit of a slow burn. Yeah, yeah. Favorite Kuntz book from that period? I believe it's called Darkness Falls. I might or, or something like that. I, I might have the name mistaken because there's so many movies with that. Or, or there's a movie that has a similar title, but it's mm-hmm. called Darkness Falls or Darkness or something like that, and it's. From what I recall, an incredibly exciting book about uh, monsters running amok in New York during a blizzard, I believe. Really good stuff. Mm. Um, really enjoyable. Um, I really, really like that one. Uh, and it. What did you I, like about it? I just wanted a, a good goddamn monster book. Like, all these were like, oh, alcoholic dad. All right. Yeah. You know, like, like, the, the real monster is old man Craggedy. And they right. pulled the head off. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, so sometimes I, you just want a monster movie. Yeah, and I'm like, damn, okay, so this is fucking creatures. Oh shit, okay, you know. So it was, I, it was just exactly kind of what I wanted, you know. Uh, I, I, I really fucked up Gremlins, kind of a story, and that's that that book delivered. But I think it, to me, the '90s really is exemplified by one movie that today to this day is my absolute favorite slasher movie. And is the only movie that really gives Jaws a run. I actually haven't even talked about Jaws, actually, which is my technically my favorite horror movie. I, I guess it left an indelible imprint on me because I hate the ocean, and I will. Uh, and I and even though I grew up in Miami, I I I, I abhorred the <laughs> the ocean and never wanted to hang out on the beach. Um, it, Jaws has definitely left an imprint on me. But uh, the one that gives Jaws a run for its money is Scream. I love that movie. It's to me, it's a perfect, perfect movie, and it's probably the movie I've seen the most in my life when it comes to horror. Mm. There's another movie that really kind of gives it a run for its money when it comes to the one I've seen the most, but it's not horror. But the 90s for me is all about Scream and 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 the power of that movie and, and how perfect of, of a love letter it is to scary movies and to horror fans. Yeah. It's definitely an homage to the slash. Oh yeah, that's uh, it's 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 a I, I think, and it's a movie that has aged incredibly well. I mean, we just had the sixth installment, so I, I you know, Scream meant, meant a lot to me. So if I had to pick, to, you know, one movie out of the '90s, absolutely it would be Scream. I honestly can't even think of another movie in the '90s. If you if you if you ask me, just so you know, I can't think of another movie from the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scream was a big deal. I think you were also about to mention Stephen King's It. Before the, oh off. yeah, yeah the uh, uh, the book. Uh, I really loved that book. Uh, my first thousand page book I ever read, and I, I was really blown away by that book. And the miniseries is really good too. But I think I think that's um, actually that might be nineties. I don't remember. I'm not. I'm bad with dates, but uh, I think that was nineties. Was it? Yeah, I think the miniseries was nineties. I think the book probably came out in the eighties. Yeah, that well, was yeah. the book was old. Yeah. What do you think was unique or special about it? Well, I, again, it plays on that whole '80s thing about the friendships and uh, the the unknown fear, and I love the fact that that it is uh, unnameable, unknowable. It is it is everything and nothing. I mean, the fact that it, by the end, I think everyone sort of feels uh, the weak reveal that it's just a giant alien spider is kind of like, oh, by the way, spoilers, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't know, right? Uh, it, it's been out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel I feel most people are like, wait, what? Uh, but it, yeah. it's one of those things again. When you have uh, when you have something like that, you have to explain it. And I think that's why most M Night Shyamalan movies fall apart. Like, oh, it's a great setup, but when you have to explain it, it's kind of like, eh. 
all right, dude, uh, that's kind of stupid. But uh, it's the nature of the beast. When you have the unknowable and you want it to be known, maybe it's not exactly what you think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's tricky. It's just sort of a tricky part of uh, the mechanics of, of, of cinema. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a dangerous game. You know, you, you create it just by having that theme in general. You know, you have the unnameable or the unknowable and uh, people are going to want to know that. And that, that's the dangerous part is do you deliver on what everyone wants to think that unknowable thing is going to be? And you're going to have people that are disappointed because they had a different idea of it in their head. Right. Well, like Halloween, uh, you know, Halloween one, he was just a boogeyman, you know, picking people at random. Then the second one, which I, I'm a big fan of the second one, the second one, they gave him a backstory. Oh, well, he's actually, you know, Laurie Strode's brother. Uh, and that's why he targeted that area. But uh, yep. a lot of people don't like that, which I, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. But yeah. it's that explanation. You know, it's ne it's never going to be as good as the mystery, but a lot of people hate mysteries. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. <laughs> you can't win, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How about uh, reoccurring dreams in your teenage years? I can't think of any. I, I it mostly just, you know, I, again, sort of the same old, you know, uh, being forgotten, being ignored, right. you know, feeling like I failed. I mean, I think a, a big part of my life, uh, I've always felt like I, I owed my parents to live, to live as fully as I could because I was living for all of us. And, you know, my father was uh, a writer and this is something actually in the, in the, that I didn't discover until my teenage years. I knew my dad was, he was a political prisoner in Cuba. He was a lawyer and he opposed Castro and he ended up in jail. And when he was released, that's when he and my mother fled so that I could be born, you know, in the States and not, you know, under Castro. Mm. So I, I didn't know much about him until later I found out, oh, he was, oh, he was a writer and he loved to write stories. And he, he wrote a book all about his time and, and, you know, all this stuff. And I, never really made that connection I, I i didn't know where this kind of like passion came from and knowing that almost redeemed it even more like well well shit yeah I'm, i gotta be creative my dad was creative of course mm -hmm. of course it's in my blood but then that also sort of lit the fire under me and i've been a very driven individual since i was a kid because uh, probably more than most of my friends had no idea what they wanted to do is uh, actually all of my really close friends i love them dearly but they're still very lost and they, they still mm -hmm. don't really know what they want to do um, even into their forties and that's okay. But it's, you know, for me, I've always kind of known a hundred percent what I wanted to do and reinvigorated by the fact that my dad was creative and like, well, I gotta, I gotta write twice as hard. I gotta create twice as hard so that we, we can, he can live through me and, and that, and that my mom could, could see that it was worth having me and, and all this stuff. Mm. So I, I curiosity. Yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so it, 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 maybe my nightmares would focus around failing. And I think that's, that was probably predominantly where I was on that verge of becoming an adult, you know, like, well, I could leave the house and make my own uh, way. I, I think maybe that's my, my fears probably were focused around that. That's what, if I had any nightmares, it would be around those topics. Hmm. I was just curious if you managed to track down your father's book. I do. I have it. I, I was able nice. to, I was able to get uh, the manuscript, but it's it's such an emotional thing that mm -hmm. it's it's hard for me to look through it. And uh, one day I, I I one of my big goals is to get it published for him. Oh, it wasn't published. I thought it was. It was not. It was not. I just have his manuscript. 
the fact that you managed to get his manuscript is even more impressive than yeah. I thought it was yeah. a book that you just, you know, managed to go find a copy of. Yeah. But finding a manuscript where the, there's only the one copy, you know. Mm-hmm. Only the one. It was it was at my aunt's house uh in Puerto Rico and uh, it was one of those things where like we you know we're looking for you know we're, we're going to find it and they eventually did find it and, and they sent it to me and now now it's here. Nice. But it's 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 kind of uh, I wouldn't say an albatross, but it's it certainly sent this kind of weighs heavy on me because it's it's I, I tried to look through it. It's it, it's it's very emotional because it's his time in prison and uh, you know it's tough. It's tough to sort of yeah. revisit that and and to connect with him through his words. And it's it's one of my Everests that I I, I hope to conquer before I pass. That's, that's a good way to put it. When I was going yeah. through my counseling and therapy stuff, I. I wrote letters to multiple family members that I felt I had things that were left unsaid, both good and bad things that, you know, I happy memories as well as unhappy ones. And part of the reason that I did that was because I had dated a girl earlier who had lost her father, uh, but they had never gotten a chance to make amends before he passed away. And it really triggered very severe case of separation anxiety in her and I remember thinking, God, I hope I, you know, I never want to be in the same situation. And so when I had the opportunity, I, I made it a point to write those letters to those family members. But I didn't realize until after the fact that what I had done subconsciously is I had started with the easier ones that I wrote to certain members mm. of the family. And I saved the last two for the ones that were the most difficult for me, emotionally speaking. Cause I needed, I guess that experience of having written earlier ones and, and learning how to process those emotions before I could work my way up to that one. So I like your analogy of it being your Everest. That, yeah. It's fitting. I mean, honestly, we rarely get a chance to say goodbye, you know, and that's, yeah. that's one of the tragedies of life. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm off to work and then they're in a car accident and you never really got a chance to, hold their hand one last time or give them a hug and it's a sobering thought. And so, you know, whenever you get a chance, just give someone you love a hug. I mean, I think yeah, that's yeah. That, uh, at least you can have that, that final memory, you know, mm-hmm. 100%. During your teens, was there a time when you felt completely calm or safe or bliss? Uh, <laughs> watching horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Not an uncommon answer, actually. Yeah, and and also um, uh, at that point, you know, like I said, my 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 dad was very uh, my step my foster dad was very technical, and he would buy everything. So we had the first VHS camera, at least certainly of like in our neighborhood. Nobody else had a camera, and he comes home and like, "Hey, I bought a camera," and, and I, in my mind, I'm like, "Why did you buy a camera? You don't film like it's not a thing that you would do." But in my mind, I'm like. Fuck yeah, I'm making movies. <laughs> <Right. You know? laughs> so I call up my friends, guys, I got a camera. Come over this weekend. We're making a movie. And so yeah. so basically it became it became mine and um you know made movies, you know. And uh, to me that's that was that was very a blissful time for me. I think to this day it one of my you know, you know when you're in your element, when you feel like you're in the zone, for me it's being on set. And and specifically being in charge of a production and being a filmmaker, I oh god, I love it so much. I love I love being able to, and it's not like oh, I love being able to tell people what to do, but it's I love the fact that uh, the cap being the captain of the ship, 
and and I I consider myself a good captain. I say good morning to everybody. I learn everybody's name. You know, I make sure everybody's having a good time. Hey, do you, do you, hey, it, lunch is up. Make sure you get some lunch. I want you to eat. You know, I'm like I I, I want to be like everybody's dad because we're going to war, and I'm a, I'm the general, <laughs> and we have to make sure that everybody. <laughs> You know, all my soldiers are fed. All my soldiers are, are, are we're all following the same game plan. I, oh God, that to me, that's, that's, a, that's such a joyful experience. So in my teens, making movies with my friends, that, that to me was that, you know, beyond just sitting in a room and, and, and reading and disappearing into a book or, or watching a movie, I, I think I discovered, you know, I, being able to actually make a film, filmmaking was a, a Zen experience as difficult as it was. And still is, uh, uh, honestly, it's it's a jo- it's a joyful pain, and I, I love it. <laughs> you mentioned uh, sort of getting a, a horror crew together, shall we say, friends that also loved horror uh, in your teenage years. What what were what's the story behind that? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's nice when you can connect with people over something you know uh, innocuous, uh, 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 seemingly innocuous anyway. Just like, uh, oh, oh, did you, uh, did you go? What'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went to the movies. Oh, oh, me too. Oh, what'd you see? Oh, Ninja Turtles. Oh, when I saw it too. What'd you what'd you think? Uh, you know, Ninja Turtles was a big bonding film, um, and that's one of the reasons I I. I I have one of my dearest friends to this day that I've known since, uh, since second grade, you know? Uh, and so uh, bonding over uh, little things like that connects you to people because you, you kind of understand each other, just sort of like how wrestling fans kind of like bond over <laughs> sweaty people smacking each other, you know, uh, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's, you know, there's that, 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 that subgroup just kind of comes together. And so, so you know you 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 just you know you you collect you collect these people and 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 you you bond over these things and then you say hey let's let's make our own version oh that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in terms of maybe the top two or three things that jump to your mind um, in horror as an adult, what what comes to mind? Uh, one movie that really jumps out to me and maybe I don't remember if it was teenage years or not, but a, a movie that. Doesn't get a lot of love, but I think it's a it's it's such a beautiful movie because of uh, its message is very simple. But uh, is the movie Contact? I don't know if you guys have seen it with Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah. Yep. This movie, uh, you know, it's I've, I've, there's only a handful of movies that I've gone to the theater, and then as soon as it was over, I bought a ticket to watch it like immediately after. And Contact was <laughs> one of those movies. I think it's a roller coaster ride. One more time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like, I gotta, I gotta, this movie is, is, is very special. Again, it's about a movie uh, about a woman who's lost her father, you know? And so she's, she's sort of that orphan kind of motif is still in play, but it's about searching for meaning, searching for an answer in the world. And I think, um, you know, at the end, I'll, people get disappointed because of the ending. I won't, I won't spoil it here, but, uh, to me, the ending isn't necessarily about like, oh, what what do the aliens look like? Is what the message is, and mm-hmm. such a, I mean, it's such a, I, I think it's such a powerful, moving movie, and the journey that her character that Ellie goes on, the character in the movie goes on, I think is 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 powerful and very meaningful to me. Uh, a lot of my favorite movies are, are movies that are about the meaning of life, the message of life. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is my number one favorite movie of all time. No, not a horror movie, but it's it's a movie I've probably watched the most, probably more than Scream, 
And it's, uh, I mean, it goes without saying what that movie's about. Everybody's life is important. Everybody makes a difference. I, I think people forget that. And people people tend to let, let their life sort of slip away sometimes. And I, I think it's important to be reminded, like, look, you're, 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 you're here to make a difference. If you think about the randomness of, of conception, a billion sperm, and the one that got in was you. And, uh, you know, that uh, there has to, uh, you know, and I'm, I think I'm more of an agnostic now in my, in my older years than when I grew up Catholic. So I don't necessarily prescribe to any one belief, but I, as an artist, uh, you know, as a filmmaker, uh, as, as a human being, I, part of me really wants to believe in magic and, and, and sort of that, that um, belief that things are meant to happen and, and we're all here for a reason. So I would always tend to lean toward movies that would sort of shine a light on that and say, hey, keep going. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, it's going to get tough, but it's going to be fine. You're going to be good. Uh, Arrival is another movie uh, in my adulthood that I, I think really, you know, knocked my socks off. Oh, yeah. Powerful. Especially on the second watching, after knowing the whole thing with with her and her perception of time. Yeah, yeah. Trying to keep it spoiler light. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, it, it's it. Ah, uh, oh, gosh. I mean it's it's a movie that again, it, it, no spoilers, but the decision she makes to it, it just experience life, uh, and knowing all that, it's it's just a reaffirmation of of life and family and 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 a journey is a journey, no matter where it goes. It's powerful stuff. I mean, most recently, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Such a a beautiful. A testament to family and, and and to life and to to choice and uh i i think i hope you know people walked out of their thinking you know maybe rethinking their choices and, and not, not giving up on themselves and i think that's i haven't been able to make that movie mainly because most of the most of the movies i get are you know work for hire but one of my dream goals is to make my you know my feel good movie about life and, and hopefully one day i'll get a chance to make that not, not horror related but Again, I think horror does allow you to experience that uh, awfulness safely and mm-hmm. and survive. And I think that's that's cathartic and that's important. And um, hopefully, will give you a new lease on life after watching a scary movie. At least that's that's the goal of the filmmaker. They're not there to just make you shit your pants. They 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 want to entertain you and um, give you power over the dark. And I think every filmmaker, every horror filmmaker, has wanted that even if they haven't necessarily said that out loud i I think you can easily see when a movie is just there to be gross and just uh, just to be oh i'm gonna show you guts and people vomiting and like well this is now you're just uh, exploitation garbage uh as a set you know you, you really aren't really offering anything here except wanting to be disgusting but i think they're truly transformational transcendental horror movies are the ones that give us the safe out and and let us walk away redeemed that you know everything's going to be okay regardless of where we end up in the world everything is going to be okay and i think that's uh, i think that's that's real power and that's the one thing i've looked for uh, in my adult years when when i when i go to the movies i i i i want a happy ending man life sucks i want to i wa- right? we want the happy go to ending. the movie for the escape yeah exactly exactly for halloween uh, as an adult do you dress up have a favorite costume uh, my favorite, if I had one, it would be my first Halloween with my wife when we were dating. 
uh, I said, uh, yeah, I, I, she was my first girlfriend and mm. it, it was one of those things where I didn't really have, I mean, I had crushes on girls and things like that, but I just, I was focused on movies and I said, well, I'm going to meet my wife on a movie set. And I ended up di- I, that I did. And uh, our first Halloween together, I'm like, oh, you know, you know, dress up sexy, wear something sexy. She shows up in like in this you know sexy witch costume, and I'm wearing like this inflatable sumo wrestler costume. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, what the hell? I thought you were gonna wear like." You wear something sexy. That's the joke. You're sexy, and I'm a giant inflatable sumo. Yeah, man. it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my favorite. Uh, that's probably my favorite uh, adult costume because uh, I, I wore that. Um, <laughs> um but yeah no uh halloween She's like i get ripped off yeah <laughs> exactly uh, i loved it but then like my fan because it, it, it works on this like internal fan thing my fan broke so then i was just kind of like this like no. i look like a fat dude who like lost all his weight like immediately or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah the lap belt surgery yeah exactly it was like just like this wrinkly like prune guy so it didn't work um that was, that was great um but yeah no I, I i still dress up every year my kids dress up and now that i have i have i own a home we decorate the shit out of the front yard and uh yeah. i love it I, I i still to this day i love it my kids love it they understand the magic of it the, the power of halloween and it, it's a big deal for us absolutely any uh recurring dreams as an adult as an adult the scariest thing you could ever do is become a parent mm. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's terrifying because uh, you know uh, you think of and 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 being creative even worse because then you think of every <laughs> every scenario. Oh my god, they're gonna fall down the stairs. Oh my god, uh, did did I pick up the pencil from the ground? What if they what if they pick up the pencil and they fall on the pencil? You know, uh, all these uh, uh, man. Probably the most. On the so, flip side, that means that you're prepared. You're right. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly uh yeah uh no put rubber bumpers on every goddamn corner no make sure that like <laughs> so i'm i'm a very i wouldn't say helicopter parent but i'm i'm certainly like i see a lot of parents at the park and they're like just sitting down and their kids are running wild like nah man i'm playing with my kids at the park we're running around we're playing indiana jones on the thing you know we're we're, we're doing this and that i've got my eyes on them because i you never know and you know i i've i've read a lot about you know, getting kidnapped, going missing, you know, all this stuff. And so that freaks you, that freaks you out. So probably all my nightmares would be about things happening to my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, there's nothing more terrifying than, than, than losing a loved one, especially one that you created and is, is yeah. a part of you. Yeah. All my nightmares are, are about, <laughs> about my children, something happening to them or, or, you know, related to them. So yeah, uh, all parent based. Yeah. Let's come up on a few uh, a few interviews. Like the whole point about you know once you have a child, it's it's even harder to to watch or read media about anything that happens to a child. Like it just becomes a completely different scenario. Then oh, absolutely, I can't watch a movie where a child is in danger now. Um, Not that I liked watching those in general, but like, but now it's just not an option, right? Oh yeah, no, like uh, and they do that a lot in foreign horror movies where they'll put like kids being abused or whatever i'm like nah i can't nope not watching it and like there's one there is one horror movie that i will never watch because i just think it's 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 horribly disgusting and there's no reason to watch this movie and that's um a serbian film i knew you were gonna say that yeah (laughs) i knew that was coming nope not for me five minutes (laughs) the first 
one minute maybe yeah yeah not for me i i that's i i've no there's like there's no reason for me to watch it and, and there's no desire either can't say i disagree i've never <laughs> seen it and i don't think i need to <laughs> nope uh have you actually been ter- terrified of something that happened in real life as an adult Thank, uh, thank God, thank the universe. I've never been put in a situation where my life has been in, in real danger. Which uh, I'm very lucky on that. I'm going to knock on wood over here. No good. is a good answer. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, so no, yeah, yeah. I luckily not. <laughs> good. A time in your adult life when you were completely calm or safe or at bliss. Watching I, horror movies. Yeah, wa- you know, watching <laughs> w- watching horror movies with my kids. I think are just uh, <laughs> now we add with the kids. Yeah, with the kids. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now we got the combination. Yes. Of the there you go. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, let's see. Was there anything that we skipped for adults? No, I think that was all for that. All right. So the next two questions we normally ask at the same time because it could be the same movie for both uh, or two different movies, and those two questions are. What's your favorite movie and what movie have you watched more times than any other? Uh, I think you said your favorite movie is a wonderful life. Yeah. And I think you said that it might also be the one that you've watched more times than any other. Yeah. It's wonderful life uh, or scream. I think, uh, or actually jaws too. It's, it's kind of a toss up, but I, I think probably it's a wonderful life uh, it, it is, it is up there. Although gosh, well, now that I think about it, Shit, you know what? Maybe Scream. I think Scream might have won it because uh, my 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 daughter's a huge Scream fan too. So I've watched it a ton of times with her. So, mm-hmm. um, and I've only seen It's a Wonderful Life with them twice. So I th- maybe Scream wins most times. Okay. Yeah, just by sheer numbers. Yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, I think in another call, it's come up as um, Disney cartoons or or kids cartoon movies. Like, well, being a parent, you probably watched that over a hundred times this month. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, when I grew up, I never really watched cartoon movies. Like I never watched any of the Disney things, you know, growing up, like maybe in theaters, beauty and the beast or whatever, but I was never a cartoon guy until, until I got kids. And that's when I, that's when I caught up on all that (laughs) stuff. Yep. Uh, have you, do you see any kinds of common threads about what kind of horror you like? Cannibalism, occult, metaphysical, body horror. I like uh, I, I I love slasher movies. I think uh, slasher movies are, are, are probably my favorite horror subgenre. I, I love haunted houses too. I don't know what it is about slasher movies. I just I, I like I like that they're fun. I think horror should be fun. Going back to Monster Squad, it's a fun movie. You love spending time in that world, and it's how the characters are written and and performed and all that stuff. Scream is a fun ass movie. It's a rewatchable movie. You want to you want to spend time with these guys because they're funny and they're they're lively, and you're just like, man, I, I, I wish I was friends with these guys. These are great, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the, two of them are murderers, but you know, in general, yeah, setting that aside, they're they're they're, they're cool guys. Not everybody's perfect, you know? yeah. I think the slasher genre just kind of lends itself to being more fun. Like recently, uh, a recent really fun franchise, the Happy Death Day movies are super fun. Those are just a blast. Uh, slasher genre, I think, is, is is absolutely my favorite. And then Haunted House, probably a close second. And then I really love Mon- like a, just a good old-fashioned monster, crazy-ass monster movie, you know, with some practical effects. That always puts a smile on my face. Well, in terms of like the psychological side of things, it- just saying that something is fun, it's hard to pull something out of that right. say without then delving into, well, what makes it fun? For Scream, and let me scroll back up, you had 
talked about it being a love letter to horror movies and fans because there were all these references that you were familiar with. Mm-hmm. What about the other slashers that you enjoyed? Do you see some sort of common element as to why you think those are fun? Yeah, I think it's I think it's maybe laughing in the face of death kind of a thing. You know, um, another good example. It's not a ho- it's not a horror movie, but Big Trouble in Little China or you know Indiana Jones, Jake Speed. I'm trying to think of, of I mean these are kind of more like actiony type movies, but they have that devil may care attitude to 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 the scariness to the to, to the the threat. And it's hard. It's hard to have that in real life. In real life, you'd be like, "Oh fuck! Oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh shit!" You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't make a movie with just people saying, "Oh fuck! Oh shit!" You know, the the fact that these characters can like be facing a threat but still have, you know, a smile or you know, uh, you know, a quip is. Uh, I'm I'm trying to draw um a parallel here. Maybe just something like like a, the Rocky movies. You know, where it's like a triumphant win. And it's, you know, it's a struggle, but, you know, we're, we're with our hero, you know, from, you know, early morning runs to smacking meat, you know, um, punching, by the way, not jerking off for anybody. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I clarify that. Yeah. Just in case you're like, wait, I, what? He I goes, knew what? what you meant. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I'm sure you guys did. But everybody listened like, wait, he goes, what? But I just said, like, you know, that, that kind of that triumphant attitude like we're not gonna quit we're not gonna stop i think i think the best horror movies the rewatchable ones the fun ones give you that endorphin rush of you know laughing in the face of danger i guess the best way to put it yeah mm-hmm. all right so this is the point where we would normally talk about um you know giving you sort of a summary of the topics that we've heard coming up during this call and then delve into those a little bit for you it seems like there's sort of like this progression understandable one that goes from dealing with the trauma that you've had to deal with and dealing with the family situation you know you talked about chucky and the lost boys and Stephen king's it and how all of these had these uh you know outsider kids banding together for strength there was even a comment you made about you know feeling like you're this general when you're on the film set, you know, and your soldiers going to war. In a in a sense, that's also banding together um, in a relationship sort of way, and that then kind of morphed into or morphs into the empowerment stuff that has come up a lot. You know, power power over the fear of death, um, having hope that people will survive, wish fulfillment icons becoming totems that aren't scary anymore, having power over those things. Things are going to get tough, but keep going. Um, Things will be redeemed and and you may transcend. So I think that's, like I say, a logical progression in the face of the things that need to be dealt with. The normal follow-up question here after after giving the summary would be, do you have any idea why it is that those things are important to you? I think that's kind of self-explanatory at this point. so then the next follow-up question would be why horror? Because couldn't you address some of these same kinds of topics in other genres, particularly, for example, if you're talking about, um, you know, banding together and finding strength and empowerment, obviously war movies and, and military movies, that's uh, very common there. But is there something about horror that speaks to you as a genre that um, you find more, direct or more fulfilling like why horror 
Uh, well, horror is everything. Horror is 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 all the genres, and, and I think that's, uh, that that gets lost. I mean, I love I love action movies too. I'm a big action movie fan, but action is limited to being sort of you know uh, the action threat. Horror is is everything. It's scary. It can be an action movie. It could be dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be funny. You know, uh, it, it, it sort of touches on everything. And I think that's what makes it universal. I think horror plays well uh, all over the world. For example, a comedy can't translate very well. Like what's funny to us is probably not funny to, you know, people in Brazil okay. or China. So comedy is limited. Drama is limited because... It's usually about a certain thing. Oh, well, I've never been divorced. So that movie doesn't, you know, that I, I can sympathize, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really apply to me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I've never, you know, luckily never lost a child. So that movie doesn't really ap- apply to me. Like, oh, I wasn't, uh, I, you know, I dated one girl in my life. So a movies about dating don't necessarily apply to me. You know, I don't have, I don't have heart, heartbreak or anything to really deal with. So drama is very limiting as well. Uh, but everybody's fucking scared of a guy with a knife. Right? Everyone's scared of something. Yeah. Fear is kind of like, it's it's the math of universal languages. It's all back to math. It's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a formula we could come up with. I'll ask my wife if she could come up with something. But... just about <laughs> to <right? say. laughs> <laughs> Just about to say, ask the wife. Yep, yep. yep. Um, yeah. But no, it's, uh, it's funny you bring that up because it's like, uh, I think another one of our guests uh, said the same thing. Like you can add another genre flavor to any horror movie, but you can't add horror to another genre without, without it turning into horror, a horror. Yeah. right? Without it turning into a horror. But then uh, another thing that you said in relation to that is um, shit. What was it? it was 30 seconds ago <laughs> that um, fuck <laughs> brain. I hate when that happens, right? I'm sure it was very good what I said. (laughs) It was. It was. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like he said, that has come up in other calls, uh, that horror is allowed to touch other genres pretty much at will, whereas other genres are not. Yeah. Ah, There you go. I got it. And it's that horror is universal. Like Comedy is subjective. Romance is subjective. Each location, each person is going to have their own definition of it. But Something that threatens your bodily harm or threatens you with bodily harm is pretty universal. Yeah. Whether you want to face it or not, like you can choose to, oh, I'm not going to watch that because that looks scary. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But that's what the movie's there for. That you, you understand that mission accomplished, you know I mean? You can, you know, uh, you can, oh, there's a, there's a new rom-com. Well, I find none of the leads attractive, so I'm not going to watch that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things where horror is like if you want if you want scary, you know, it, you could do a horror western, you could do a science fiction horror, Event Horizon, you know, the thing, you know, you could do all everything is is encompassed within within horror, and, and there's different levels of horror. You don't necessarily have to do blood and guts. You know, a good example, you know, like uh, some of the old fashioned ones, like. Um, Oh, gosh, uh, the uninvited or the innocents, you know, um, mm-hmm. even even some old noir movies um, like Leave Her to Heaven. That's a pretty terrifying movie, and it's 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 a drama about a about a murderous you know uh, woman. Horror exists in the world, and you know, for example, if you 
you mentioned war. War is real. War is scary. War sucks. War is sad. It's mm. tragic. Horror isn't real, but it still gives you everything that you get from a war movie. You know, either mm-hmm. people banding together or the, the 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 visceral thrill of seeing you know blood and guts and all this stuff. Uh, but it's safe. It's not real. No, exactly. Nobody got it's hurt. a safe sandbox experience of horror. Yeah. Yep. Well, last question. Is there anything that you've thought of that might be relevant that hasn't come up on the call? Maybe we talked about something and you thought of something and then the conversation took a left turn. I, I tend to be very stream of conscience, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, okay. it, it may have escaped. I'm sure I'm sure we've addressed it, but uh, I, I, at, at the moment, I can't think of anything. That's fine. It's just, like we said earlier, not every question is going to hit, and this one is just an opportunity because you never know if that were the case until you ask. So. Right, right. No one's usually a no. We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty thorough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Cool. Well, we appreciate your time. I mean, like you said, in your case, it seems, I don't want to say it's cut and dry because that almost like minimizes it, but like in your case, it, it, there are some very clear reasons for, you know, the connections between the things that you enjoy. And it's very understandable. And that, I mean, that's part of the reason that we're doing this. I mean, I've always been a big believer that everybody makes sense. You just got to take the time to, to understand them. You know? Yeah, I, that's 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 an interesting way to put that. I've, I've never heard that um, that phrasing. Um, I, guess, I guess that's true. Uh, I mean, everybody has a reason. So I will acknowledge not everybody has a good reason. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say, for example, that there aren't fans of horror movies that aren't serial killers. There might be, but the majority of them are not. And if you you know take a minute to figure that out, that the mainstream world does not need to be as worried about horror fans as I think many people in the mainstream world think they do. Right. There are no bodies in my crawl space. Absolutely none. I want this on record. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Chris. (laughs) I don't have a crawl space. It's Florida. Who has a fucking crawl space? (laughs) (laughs) Got to throw that out there. No, it's it's been a good talk. Like I say, in your case, it's pretty self-evident, but it's still good to talk about these things because they're still human stories. I mean, it's just, this is just as much of a story quote unquote as the things that you put in your movies. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to it's a wonderful life. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a, everybody has a piece of the puzzle to the world in in some way. I mean, at least I'd like to think that's the case. Things feel, things would feel even more chaotic than they are right now. uh, If, if if it's literally just random nonsense, and I think uh, I, I think that would be really tragic if that's if that is the truth, because um, there's too much. Uh, the, uh, the fact that art exists is proof that 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 we're not just you know apes you know with with crazy brains, you know uh, that, uh, that there's uh, I'm not gonna say a spiritual side to it, but I but I feel like uh, part of us understands that there's. There, there may be How more about spiritual, but not religious. Yeah. That's the way to do yeah. it. Yeah. I kind of chuckled to myself a moment ago because I thought it'd be a funny tagline to say that we are, we are the, it's a wonderful life of horror podcasts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm not, not okay with this. It just, it's, it's not great because it takes a little explanation. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. 
And thank you to anybody else out there listening. If you like what we're doing, please tell a friend. Uh, come visit us, visit us on horrormakesushappy.com. We got merch and you can be a Patreon subscriber. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, we need to give a shout out to our Patreon subscriber, Legion Podcasts. Thank you for your support. <laughs>